We welcome you to the Truth Simply Put, our broadcast and teaching series at the Basilea Commission. You're about to receive God's unadulterated word, brought to you by Pastor Alexander Victor. Challenging, uplifting, and provoking you to new dimensions in your kingdom walk. And now, today's message. Understanding this gospel, part 11, the purpose of the gospel. This is for me the crux of the message of the gospel, as is laid in my heart. And that's, I guess that's why I'm very, as it were, shall I say heavy or whatever. It's something I don't treat with levity at all. Because the absence of understanding of what we're getting into tonight is what birth religion. And the world's greatest problem, if not its only problem, is religion. The world's greatest, if not its only problem. Take away religion and we have peace. And by religion, I, I mean including, if not championed by Christianity. If not. We just want to do what pleases the Father. Are you listening to what I'm saying? Yeah, that's, that's all. People who don't understand this message as well struggle with it because they, they feel like, like attacking the church as it has become an organization or a religion now forecloses the place of the church in its universal and its local sense. So the fact that people have made a mockery of the church doesn't mean we should stop church. Does that make sense? There's a universal church that meets in localized setups. Yeah? So whether we like it or not, this is church. Do you understand? If you like, you label it for administrative purposes so you can function within the sphere of government that you find yourselves or so they can have basic stuff like they had food, they had stuff. If, they, if the New Testament church was in our day, they'd have a bank account. Yeah, they won't put all the money. All the money will not stay at the apostles' feet. 24-7. Talk to me now. You will probably be at the apostles' bank account or the ministry's bank account or something. So we're not foreclosing the place of that. Let's be very careful that we don't become so fanatical that we throw away everything. Right? In Acts 7, deacons were at, uh, appointed to administer the serving of food. So if they were in today's day and age, those seven deacons would probably have a WhatsApp group that they would discuss the administration, how to speed up the food, how to arrange the queues. Am I making sense? So let's not foreclose stuff because of cultural context that we don't see the need to evolve in those areas. Right? I'm just pointing that out. So we understand things in right perspective as we proceed here on. Does that make sense? Okay. Now to, to continue. And so, so the two points for, um, the purpose of the redemptive plan, which is also the purpose of the gospel are the kingdom and its culture or the culture of the kingdom. Remember, and two, the coming kingdom. Now you see why I said it's very, it's very heavy in my heart because it's kingdom is what I'm about. Right? Kingdom is what I'm about. To, to start to discuss that, we have to go back to where we started in part one. Remember when we, when we started defining the gospel? And we said that the gospel was the good news of the fullness of God's eternal plan for mankind as purchased enacted and perfected in the finished work of Christ. And this is our definition. 
You won't find it in a gospel textbook, all right, or, or in the internet. But it's clear in scripture. If you study the entire time the word the gospel is talked about in context, you'll arrive at this definition or something similar. It's the good news of the fullness of God's eternal plan for mankind as purchased, enacted, and perfected in the finished work of Christ. We went on to say that its aim is to reconcile man to God and to establish his kingdom in the earth through the lordship of Christ and the instrumentality of man. Remember that? Then we, we, we laid down three elements of the gospel. One, we said, was reconciliation to God and his kingdom. Yeah? And then the domination of earth for his kingdom. And three, the colonization of earth as his kingdom. Reconciliation to the kingdom. Domination of the earth for the kingdom. And then colonization as the kingdom. All this as accessed through the finished work of Christ that brings us into the realities of the kingdom. And then we, we, I dropped a, a, a defining statement at the very first part. And I said, the end result of the gospel is the coming. Whatever you do, don't forget this statement. The gospel, and I've explained this in parts 1, parts 2a and b, right? Parts 3. The gospel has never changed. It's never changed. The gospel Jesus preached was the same gospel Paul preached, was the same gospel Peter preached, was the same gospel John preached, was the same gospel Abraham heard, was the same gospel Noah preached, was the same gospel David heard, same gospel, different dimensions. It's one gospel. The only other gospel, or the only time another gospel is mentioned, it is made clear it is not another. Galatians 1. Right? There's only one gospel. In different facets or differentialize the word we used last week. Tranches. Right? So John is preaching the gospel. But John's dimension of the gospel is repentance. John did not preach forgiveness of sins. Because he could not offer forgiveness of sins. John preached repentance of sin. And what was that sin? Unbelief of the Jews. Change your mind. Light is coming. If you don't change your mind, you won't see light. Light will shine in darkness and darkness comprehends it not. Do you understand that? Yes. That was the same thing Abraham heard. That was what he heard and, and, and was glad. He longed to see the day of the Lord. He saw it and was glad. What have we been saved into? What does our salvation require of us? That's what we're considering now. The purpose of the redemptive plan. What does it work in us? What does it work through us? The end result of the gospel is the coming of the kingdom. I've said in one of the parts that everything God has done, I think it was part 2, A or B, I said everything God has done, he has done with kingdom on his mind. Remember when I said that? Everything God has done, he has done with kingdom on his mind. Can you hear me at the back? Yeah? Everything God has done, he has done with kingdom on his mind. I begin to unpack that in the next few weeks as we proceed. So, the recurring word, the recurring decimal, if we're going to use a mathematical word, is the word kingdom. Right? Coming of the kingdom. Preaching of the kingdom. Reconciliation to the kingdom. Domination of earth for the kingdom. Colonization of the earth as 
the kingdom. So, of a necessity, we must consider the word kingdom and what it means. In the Old Testament, the word for kingdom in Hebrew is mamlaka, which is a word translated dominion in Genesis 1, right? And Genesis 2. Dominion, thrones, sovereignty, rulership, authority, power, mamlaka in the Hebrew. The New Testament Greek variant of it is a word most of you around here know, basilia. B-A-S-I-L-E-I-A. Same thing. Basilia in the Greek, mamlaka in the Hebrew. Jesus comes and Jesus speaks about the kingdom 105 times. In fact, Jesus did not preach Jesus. This is why I say that it's difficult stuff. Jesus did not preach Christ. Jesus did not send his disciples to preach Christ. But it's one gospel. And then on this side, people say that, well, the Pauline epistles concentrated on Christ and him crucified. Tonight you see, or maybe next week, however we go, you see that it's a lie. Because Christ cannot be divorced from the kingdom. And the kingdom cannot be divorced from Christ. He never sent them to preach him. Ever. It, 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 no matter how you want to twist it. He didn't say, go and preach me. He didn't preach him. He pointed to him, but his one message was the kingdom. Every time they asked him a question, he replied and said, the kingdom of God is like, or the kingdom of heaven is like. Every question Jesus was asked was an opportunity to exert the kingdom. Not himself. And yes, Paul preached Christ and him crucified by grace and we saved through faith. Yes, of course. But all of it was preached in light of the kingdom. With the kingdom in view. And we'll see how we fare. So the word is the basilia. It means dominion. I've told you that already. Sovereignty. Rulership. Power. Government. Along with its culture. Its values, its morals, and its lifestyle as they reflect the will of the sovereign in charge. In other words, every kingdom is a reflection of the preference of the ruler. Do you understand? So a kingdom is not just a physical location. It is also the system defined by the sovereign in charge of that domain. Domain from which you get the word dominion. Do you understand? So a kingdom is not just physical. It's a set a value system. Make sense? A system of government that will always reflect. So every government, every domain, every kingdom is a direct reflection of the perception, the outlook, the ideals, the will of its sovereign, the person in charge of it. That's the word basilia. So it's not a physical location, as it were. 
Do we understand that? Okay. So I, I wrote here, and I, I had to put this down so I can, I can control my thoughts. Um, the kingdom is God's way concerning life. And I wrote God's way in capital letters. The kingdom is God's way. If a kingdom is a reflection of the ideals, the preferences and the wheels of its sovereign, the person in charge, then it follows that it is God's way. It's how God rolls, basically. And this kingdom is not earthly. Jesus is before Pilate in John 18. We're going to turn to a lot of scriptures. It's okay if you don't shout and get excited today like you did when Jesse was speaking. Man, Jesse preached though. Oh my days. She preached. She should, have, she should have taken an offering right at the end of that message. To key into the rest. Hallelujah. A rest offering. Arrow. Mm. Some of you are laughing. You are like, I thank God for deliverance. But since you got into rest, you don't give. You are worse than those that are giving to get into it. It's what you know you're judged by. So before you open your mouth and shine your teeth. You were in the law. You gave your tithe faithfully. You didn't die. You are afraid of devourer. Now there's no more devourer. You suddenly realize that you you actually can no more release from your heart in love, what you always could do away with every month. Do you understand what I just said? Do you understand what I just said? Your salary is 20 grand. They told you 2,000 two, two gross. So I don't know where they found that in the Bible. The tithe itself must be gross because it's more money you know, than the net. <laughs> gross, 2,000. Ticket, faithfully. Bring your tithe card. Father, this is my tithe card. How many of you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. And then now you, you are aware that, oh, the old covenant is gone. Hallelujah. You're not, so suddenly you realize that, ah, this 2,000 can help me. But in the past 10 years that you were giving it, it didn't kill you. You don't love Jesus. Because love makes you understand that all I have is his. Because he's the blessing. And then where you need to give, where? You give. And love. Over and above what you gave in the law. Before you open your mouth and, and say tight offering, be careful that you are reflecting God's way in giving. That is the kingdom. That is the kingdom. That is when we become citizens of the kingdom. Before you say, yeah, you were used to pray, making noise. Be careful. That before you say that, you are actually praying in the spirit and seeing spirit results. That is the culture of the kingdom regarding prayer. Do you see where I'm going with this? So Jesus didn't die for you to run around like rascals. Saved by grace, righteousness of God through faith. You know? We don't have a problem with grace and sin. Because listen, 
there will always be more grace than sin. So I don't spend time dealing with sin. I don't spend time. Let's read a bit of the Bible. John 18, 35. Um, 34 for context. Jesus answered him. 33. Then Pilate entered the praetorium again and called Jesus and said to him, Are you the king of the Jews? Jesus answered him, Are you speaking for yourself about this or did others tell you this concerning me? Pilate answered, Am I a Jew? <laughs> Your own nation and the chief priests have delivered you to me. What have you done? Jesus answered, My kingdom, are we there? 36. My kingdom is not of this world. If my kingdom were of this world, my servants would fight so that I should not be delivered to the Jews. But now, my kingdom is not from here. So the kingdom we're speaking of is primarily not a physical kingdom. Are we together? Alright? So it's not a, it's not a, Earthly kingdom, as it were. I mean, eventually it will be earthly. Yeah? Eventually. So the kingdom of God is both literal and figurative. The kingdom of God is both literal and figurative. It started off literal. Because I've said over and over, by God's design... Eden was supposed to expand as man multiplied in the earth until all of the earth was overrun with Eden. Man started off at peace with God. Because of that, and being in God's image, he was given the mandate to dominate the earth for the kingdom. In dominating the earth for the kingdom... The expansion as a result of that stability of government, stability of leadership, stability of management would have eventually resulted in the colonization of the entire earth as the kingdom. Do you, do you understand? Reconciliation or peace with God, domination, dominion, and colonization. So we lost peace with God. And we lost the dominion that we had as a result of peace with God. And therefore we lost our mandate to colonize the earth. And in fact, the part of earth that was heaven were thrown out of. Yeah, we've gone through all of that in the gospel. Right? We've gone through all of that. So, now Christ comes and he restores us to God. Romans 6, 1, right? Therefore, being justified by faith, we now have peace with God. We will not have, we have peace. So, God is at peace with me forever. Except if Romans 6 1 means something else. But it means what it means. We have peace with God. So God is not mad at you. It's not mad at you. So we have reconciliation to God and His kingdom. Um, Colossians 1 13 says He has translated us from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom. So we have been reconciled to the kingdom. Can you say, I have been reconciled to the kingdom? I have been reconciled to the kingdom. And because we have been reconciled to the kingdom, we now reclaim our dominion mandate in the earth. And our dominion mandate is not prosperity. There's nothing called prosperity gospel. 
There's one gospel. Yeah. It has no tags. Yeah. There's one gospel. It has no tags. The dominion mandate is not prosperity. Dominion mandate is where the believers on the earth come to a place where the word church, for instance, in the, ecclesi- in, in the Greek means ecclesia. And ecclesia is, is the word used to mean called out ones, yes. But the original Greek translation of ecclesia means legislative body. Ecclesia, the word translated church means a legislative body, an organ of government that has the authority to make law and govern by those laws. So the plan of God is that the believer in Christ is in a place of dominion where we determine what goes in the earth. Are you hearing what I'm saying? We determine what goes. So we can play church all we want. And that's why politicians don't, don't take us seriously. They don't take us seriously. Because we are spineless and powerless and voiceless. And so we can put the cross up all you want. Until you become to the world what the cross is to you. You are a thief and you are a robber. People are speaking about the gospel. Please keep your mouth shut. Until you become the gospel. That's the kingdom. That's why I said I'm very, I'm very, 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 very passionate about this. It's the system of God's governance in the earth. And by governance, I don't mean one person dominating another. Because if Eden had expanded, everybody would have been on the same level as Adam. Prototype, meaning everybody coming up under Adam would not have been less of quality than Adam was. Just as everybody coming up under Christ should not be less than Christ. Do you understand? It should be less than Christ. So Adam was not given dominion over other human beings. Do you understand? Adam was not given dominion over another human being. Every human being in Adam was given dominion. So clearly, the dominion was not one over another. That's manipulation. That's manipulation. And don't confuse honor for it. I don't have to sit on a different chair to feel honored. Hello? I don't have to. I don't have to be ushered in to feel honored. That's pride. My face does not have to be on a big billboard to feel honored. What does your face do for the gospel? You see why I say some of you will leave? Not all of you will stay. What does your face do for the gospel? So when we see you presiding priest or senior pastor or general overseer or whatever title, so when we see your face, you know, you, you look, you and your wife, you look put together. You look like the kind of place that me and my children can go. And unwittingly, we have diverted the attention yes. from Christ to man. 
That's not honor. That's not honor. That's idolatry. I'm not against programs. Do you understand? You need to put the people together. That's where we are, unfortunately. Yeah, yeah? it's where we are. We have not gotten to the point where all of you here, all of you wake up and say, let's go and study the word now. That's where we ought to be. But we're not there yet. Yeah. We're not at the point where I will put up a scripture on WhatsApp at 2 a.m. and everybody on the group will wake up to check the scripture. And let's talk about it now. And let's do a conference call and flesh out the truth from that scripture. We're not there yet. So be careful before you think that you are no more religious. Be very careful. Be very careful. I'm speaking to everybody. I've told you this is, this is my heart. This is my assignment. Be careful before you think that you are an ex-religious addict. You are still in ICU. Did you hear what I said? Yeah. You're still in ICU. It will take, it will take a lot of deliberate work to unlearn. It's so subtle. Most times you miss it. So subtle. It's so subtle. You miss it. The kingdom is the priority of God. Can we all say that? The priority of God. From the very beginning, man was created and introduced into a kingdom system. Man was not introduced and allowed to figure out how to live on the earth. Man was introduced into a system. The kingdom system. Man was not introduced into the kingdom system as a subject, but as a king. So God's kingdom is in partnership with men. That's why he's called king of kings. Not king of subjects. So God's kingdom is not dictatorial, as it were. It's not democratic either. Because in a democracy, the ideals of the majority becomes law. Whether it's right or wrong. So morality is relative in a democracy. Make sense? And sometimes we come into the kingdom of God and try to run it by democracy. The one time or the first time he tried to show up in scripture, he failed. You know the first time democracy showed up? Aaron and the golden calf. Uh, yes, yes. Democracy. 40 days. What is he doing on the mountain? Mountain, 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 mountain. How do we know that he's, how are we sure that he's not even dead? That's what they said, you know? Yeah. Please, you know what? We want a God to worship. We have all the gold we need. Aaron, make us a golden calf. And Aaron, who had been separated as priest to God, Succumbed to the vote of the people. So man was introduced into the kingdom system. As partnerships, I said, right? Co-kings. So even before Jesus shows up on the scene, we had already become joint heirs by grand design. Mm. 
So joint heirship with Christ is not something new. The Lord is going to help me to deal with this, you know. So, because you must understand that what Christ came to do was redemptive and restorative. So he didn't come to introduce you to a new thing. He came to return us to the order of God as it has been from the beginning. Do we understand? That's the gospel. That's how we, the gospel is, do you know who you are? The gospel is, do you know where you will be when you die? That's not the gospel. Because the gospel skips this life, that gospel skips this entire life and brings death in view. Oh Lord, help me tonight. The gospel that we've been used to skips your entire life on the earth and brings into view where will you spend eternity. Yes? That's how it's mostly pronounced in Nigeria. Mm. If you die now, so it's as though we are saving you to kill you. Or at least to give you guarantee of where you will go when you die. That gospel factors nothing about your purpose Mm. on the earth. He's not saving you for you to make eternity. He is eternity. When you are in him, you Mm. are in eternity. It's not something to be aspired towards. So with God, the issue is not eternity. Do you you understand? Because he's not trying to be eternal. And what he gave you, sir, is eternal life. So it is a foregone conclusion in the mind of God that you have become eternal. I said I'm not going to rush this. You see, once we get this, then we're believers. It's a foregone conclusion. It's not, it's not, it's not something to be aspired towards. Oh, I, I will have eternal life. I am the bread. He that eats this bread, I showed you in your Bible, John 6, shall have eternal life. E- eternal means eternal, sir. Yes, sir. <laughs> it's not even a coin I put on that Facebook because what, where, where did you see that the gospel is a coin how much more that you must have sight eternal means eternal okay sorry eternal means everlasting <laughs> so as far as God is concerned what he did in Christ he did once and for all can we now bring that and bear upon this life? That is the end result of the gospel. The gospel has put you back into your original citizenship. But you are here on the earth. Can we be ambassadors for this gospel? Second Corinthians 5. Are you understanding it? So with God, the problem is not eternity. The problem is not where you will spend it. Mm. You are already in it. In it sir. Yes, sir. So the moment you came into Christ, 
time ceased. All that will happen now, sir, is a change of body. You have a glorified body. But the moment you came into this new life, time ceased. That's why believers can't die. I mean, think about it. You sleep. And the Lord, you can sleep for 30 years. Until he returns. You are just sleeping. It's not the end. You wake up, you continue from where you stopped when you fell asleep. Yes, yes, sir. Time ceased. So now me too. I am timeless. Oh, I, I started off, but I will not end. Even this, even the starting, I started before I started. Else, why will he tell Jeremiah in chapter one before I formed you? So you had always existed in the mind of God. Psalm one thirty nine. You know the number of my days even before the first one came to be. You're not a mistake. I know a mistake. God always intended to rule in the earth. I mean, think about it. Why would he create heaven and then create earth and then say, let, let, let man, let them. Did he say let him? Let all of mankind, let them. Because them was the prototype. Remember Ish, Isha, mm, yeah. together, Ha, Adam, let them. And all their offspring have dominion. That's the word mamlaka. Let them have kingdom. Let them have rulership over the earth. So my personal aspiration, God help me if he tarries, is that one day I am walking in the forest and a lion shall see me and bow. Until then, I am not yet Christ. Only at Christ. Let's stop playing church. Not that I went to look for a lion in the zoo, like that guy in Ibadan. <laughs> the guy in Ibadan, nineteen in the nineteen nineties. But that we have absolute control over the elements. How is he that the winds and the waves obey him? They should be asking that of Alexander. Not how has he made his money? How is he managing to have six services on a Sunday? Who is he that the elements respond to him? That's why you're a believer. Until then, we are, we are becoming. Change your expectations. Jump in when you see a cockroach. Climb on a chair when you see a mouse. And he created you for government. Snakes were biting them. They were shaking them off. And not praying. 
and not dying. Yes, sir. <laughs> we're jumping. And like Jesse said, I'm also speaking to myself because we are different levels in our walk. Different levels. That's the kingdom. The system of government that God instituted that man messed up. And Jesus came with one mission to restore. So even the cross had kingdom on its mind. That's the end result of the cross. You can't preach the cross and leave out the kingdom. Just like you can't preach the kingdom without bringing it into focus of the cross. That's how we miss it. Is this helping anybody? I found a scripture. Probably already knew it as some of you. Do you know, I was doing a study and I realized that by God's grand intention, Levi would have not become a tribe of priests. By God's intention, the first time he tried to cut a covenant with man, with Israel, first time, his intention was that all of Israel will be priests. Exodus 19. Verse 3. Exodus 19.3. And Moses went up to God. And the Lord called to him from the mountain saying. Thus shall you say to the house of Jacob and tell the children of Israel. You have seen what I did to the Egyptians. And how I bore you on eagles wings. And that is metaphorical. Okay. It's a manner of figure of speech. And brought you to myself. Now, therefore, verse 5, if you will indeed obey my voice and keep my covenant, then you shall be a special treasure to me above all people, for all the earth is mine. 6, and you shall be to me a what? A mamlaka, a kingdom of priests and a holy nation. These are the words which you shall speak to the children of Israel. By this time, the law had not been given. No law. Law starts in chapter 20, 21, 22, 23, pauses in 24, continues. Leviticus left, right, and center. Law. I said it was given in tranches. Right? Right into Deuteronomy. But by this time, there was no law. God was saying, my intention for you is to make you a kingdom of priests. Kings and priests before even the old covenant. Yes. So his purposes haven't changed. They began to mess up. They began to rebel. Obviously, they weren't going to keep the, the law. And so he singles out the tribe of Levi. Even when he, in chapter 28, when he says officially, when he ordains Aaron, the priest, he says Aaron and his four sons. He didn't say Aaron and his generation. So Aaron, who happened to be the enforcer, yeah. 
of the law as received by Moses. Now, just natural that he would become priest with his sons. Not his sons unborn, his sons that were around at the time. There was no indication that he was supposed to become a perpetual priesthood at that time. Until Leviticus. Until they singled out the entire tribe of Levi. But by intention, all of Israel should have had no king. Yes. All of yes. Israel yes. should have had no priest. When they came in their madness and said, give us a king like other tr- nations. Yes. He warned them, I'm your king. I'm your system. I'm your government. This concludes this message. Thank you for listening and we hope it has been a blessing to you. For inquiries and further information, please send us an email to info at the or visit our social media platforms.